0: You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my
1: favorite.
2: That was gold. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're going into the final. This is it. We're sliding into home. We are finishing the Terminator franchise. And we are having one last guest on this. Terry, you are returning from a religious film. (laughs) And I know that Matt wanted nothing to do with. But (laughs) this week you get another film that Matt maybe didn't want to do with. I don't know. I don't know. But Terry, say hello.
3: Hello, everyone. How are you?
2: Oh, they answered. Did yeah. you hear that?
3: Yeah, they did. I was hoping they would.
2: Because they're excited. <laughs> from the,
3: from, well, because it's from the future, so I knew that was going to happen.
2: Oh, oh my gosh, you're a lot like John Connor or, or Linda Hamilton. Hopefully not in this movie, though. <laughs> 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 Terry's going to leave us very yeah, In fast. about four seconds. <laughs> Matt, introduce the last one of your franchise. What did we watch?
4: maybe somewhat unfortunately chose to do the terminator series uh for this so we are on terminator dark fate the sixth and final chapter so far
0: two days ago i had this nice simple life and now it's a nightmare Stop it. Who are you? My name is Sarah Connor. I've never seen one like you before. Almost human.
1: I am human. Why do you care what happens to her?
0: Because I was her. How do we win? We win by keeping you alive.
1: I'm
4: going hunting. Uh, In a franchise that has mostly been garbage. (laughs) Uh, But but this one...
2: Is the return of James Cameron. Sort of?
4: Sort of, yeah. One of the six writers on the movie, yeah.
2: (laughs) My gosh, I noticed that. The writers, like, we have three people who did the screenplay... And the story has five names on it.
4: right. Yeah, and it's it's totally like a writing room type scenario like it, like as if it were a TV show. and I know that much like the last three movies in this in this franchise, this was also intended to be a start another trilogy. So I'm wondering if there's a writing room for this one because they are literally treating it like a TV show at this point. Terry, did you know this is
2: the third straight movie that started number one of trilogies with Salvation? Genesis and now Dark Fate.
3: I did not. I didn't put that together. No.
2: Yes. So you watch the number one. Usually the less interesting of a trilogy is number one. I mean, The New Hope clearly changes that in Indiana Jones. <laughs> but a lot of trilogies, typically the first one is kind of setting up the other three. Like think Lord of the Rings. The first one, you're like,
1: eh, it's
2: okay. But they get better, and then they get really long. <laughs> this one, I didn't. I I'm gonna confess i after watching genesis and terminator 3 because i watched this one two three four five six i actually enjoyed this one because i felt like it's an ending like we're done i don't know if that's true because we can't see the future well terry can see into the future terry are we done with the terminator franchise
3: i want to say yes but i believe
4: no I cannot see into the future, but I would also guess that this is not the last we've seen of the Terminator. Unfortunately, maybe a decade before we see it again, but I do not think this is it.
2: (laughs) Well, if you blink, you miss John Connor.
4: Yeah. Yes.
2: And I tell you what, this poster in the last one, we talked about the poster for Genesis. This one is the exact same structure poster. You have Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor and the Terminator next to each other. Just like Genesis, except this one, Linda Hamilton's bigger because her um, name is above Arnold Schwarzenegger in the credits. Did you guys catch that?
4: Yeah, and well, rightfully so, I feel like, because uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is only in 45 minutes of this film. (laughs) Right.
2: Yeah, halfway through, we introduce the man who helped build this entire franchise. That was interesting to me, but I get why looking at their story that they wrote for this, but these posters are becoming, like, just manufacturing them off a of line, just like these movies. Just, like, yeah. churn them out, get them going, but at least in the Terminator Dark Fate trailers, they didn't spoil the twists of the movie like they did with Genesis.
4: And, and- Salvation.
2: <laughs> and Salvation, yes. You know what? Let's talk to the guest. Terry, did you enjoy the Linda Hamilton-led movie?
3: I, I, I actually enjoyed it, and I, I only say that because I did watch Genesis, and and you I was you put
2: yourself through that.
3: I did um, only because you asked me which one I wanted to wanted to review, and so I picked this one, and then I watched Genesis to see what I was going to review, and I'm I'm thankful that I got Dark Fate. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. The reason why I enjoyed it is because. Enjoyed it, this may be a little bit strong, but I enjoyed it more than Genesis, and enjoyed that it kind of continued from Terminator 2, which was, you know, Terminator and Terminator 2 are just actually absolutely fantastic movies. And at least this kind of carried on with that, although, you know, not as well done. But You're
2: saying it was above torture... But it was below Terminator two <laughs> yeah
3: well, I guess the, here's just the way I can describe it right now I'm drinking the beer I was going to drink last night, but I was too I was not enjoying it enough to drink that beer so i'm I'm actually drinking it now
2: Wait so dark fate didn't even lead you to drinking
3: no, I drink I just didn't want to waste, <laughs> I didn't want to waste another beer on that movie So... <laughs> So
2: so it's a two it's a two beer movie, but it's not a special yes, it's, beer movie. It's
3: not a two beer uh, it's a two beer movie, it wasn't a three beer movie.
2: Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well Genesis was an eight beer movie, because that's the only way you could get through it. <laughs> but it's an eight cheap beer movie. You gotta yeah. drink the cheap beers for that. Okay, let's get into this. The actual weirdness of Terminator Dark Fate Matt, when you're looking at the credits, I know you look at, like, the producers, the writers, and all that, just like I do, because you have a problem, you are a nerd and you're addicted to shit that no one else cares about, did you notice David Goyer's name?
4: Yeah, uh, first of all, didn't know you were bringing me on the podcast to bully me this week. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Wait, yeah, I'm bullying yeah. it. How did I bully you? What? <laughs> uh, you called me a nerd, and you said that uh, I care about <laughs> stuff nobody cares about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How do, you, um,
2: how do you bully someone when you have the exact same opinion about yourself that way? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I am. But I am. The, I'm going to bully you from now on. That's it. Okay.
4: Sounds good. Uh, but yeah, David Goyer, Mr. Like screenwriter that'll do anything. work uh, <laughs> is one of the people that worked on this movie and his name went from me being excited that he worked on a movie to fearing the movie when it was coming out when I see his name, because <laughs> lately his track record hasn't been so high.
2: Wait a minute. Are you trying to tell me Justice League isn't your favorite film of all time?
4: Uh, Yes, that is precisely what I am saying. <laughs>
2: I have a little bit feared his name since... Well, I don't really blame him for Blade Trinity because there was a lot of shit that was going on. But yeah, after his involvement, after Batman pretty much, when he got right. into the whole WBDC universe, I, I fear it. Now, I don't think I caught his name in the marketing, so I think they kind of like, eh, maybe we shouldn't mention David Gory's name anymore.
4: Yeah, because he's one of the writers, one of the six writers, as we mentioned before, but James Cameron is kind of like the one they want to mention. That's the one they want to highlight, that he worked on the story for this movie.
2: Well, David Gory is also a producer, but they don't even list it on the IMDb and Wikipedia credits.
4: Wow. I wonder if he, do you think he took it off, or do you think the... Studio took it off. <laughs> I don't know,
2: because when I looked at the credits at the end of the movie, it says produced David Goyer. It's clear it, like he produced this film. He was one of them. He wasn't the executive producer, but he was one of the many.
4: Yeah, there's also like 100 producers on this. movie. It's ridiculous like, yeah. as well.
2: And a lot of that has to do with not so much they were involved with the film. It's just they've got a piece. They've got a taste. This is like an organized crime now. Like the entire Terminator sequels have so many producers wrapped into like getting a piece. Right. It's just stupid. But there's one thing they listen, even though this was a writer's room movie, I do enjoy this much more than Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines and Genesis. But that's not saying a lot.
4: Yeah, that's not a very high bar to clear. Like, I I totally agree with both of you guys that yeah, after Genesis, this is like a fucking breath of fresh air. But in my opinion, it's still not a good movie. <laughs>
2: it's yeah, it slags. It's like you know a little bit like kind of bows in the middle. You're like uh, okay, can we keep going? Um, Although was... it suffers,
4: it suffers from the same thing that uh, Genesis and Rise of the Machine suffers from, and that it doesn't really have a distinct discernible vision behind it at all like i i purposely left out salvation in that because i feel like mcg did bring something to that movie this movie anybody could have directed this anybody like it doesn't have any vibe or feel to it uh, visually or you know directorially anything that is on screen anything within the camera i'm not feeling any sort of creative thing or visual nuance or anything that stands out there like Cameron's and McG's did for me. So this one just feels like a paint-by-numbers Terminator. Tim Miller might
2: have directed this, which, you know, part of Deadpool, which shocked the entire film industry of just how fucking good it did. This one, I, I, you know, I saw Tim Miller Sonic the Hedgehog. I had a little bit of fun with it, but I think he produced it. He didn't actually direct it. Tim Miller's been part of a lot of movies that or video games that I enjoy, such as uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And uh, Mass Effect 2. So, like, he has a really good visual eye and he also understands humor. Uh, I think that's one thing that's really. I can't wait till Tim Miller gets away from franchises and gets to do his own visual, you know, just movie of whatever he wants. So we can actually see if he can do his own movies.
4: Right. Yeah. And I think Deadpool had its own interesting visual palette and everything and really changed the way. We looked at those kind of movies, and I'm not saying superhero movies, I'm saying those kind of like mid budget. Franchise movies like those kind of mid to low budget franchise things, it changed the way we we could have a glossy one of those. So I was interested to see what he was going to do with this movie, and it was cool, you know, was a it was a visual director coming in again to do this after Alan Taylor, who's just kind of a TV director. So it was I was excited to see what he was going to bring to it, but he unfortunately didn't bring it here. And I think you're right; I don't think we're going to see a cool style like that until he gets to do something original.
2: Yeah, I mean, and also Deadpool had a long pre production because they were trying to get the movie made, so they had a long time to construct the movie. This movie came much faster than the other sequels of the Terminator franchise. I mean, from T2 to T3, you had over 10 years. Yeah. And from T3 to Salvation, you had nine?
4: You had six years. S-
2: oh, Was it? So. What- and that,
4: which was the same between... Uh, four and five as well so three three to four is six and then four to five is also six years but yeah this is only four years later yeah
2: this is the quickest turnaround for a
4: sequel Um, especially for a non-connected sequel i feel like this is one of the quickest to reboot like much like like the spider-man movies like the amazing spider-man how that kind of quickly rebooted i feel like this is right there in that region where it's like Okay, that, that one didn't work. We're going to redo it again. <laughs> I think
2: the biggest benefit of Tim Miller bringing him on was he's like, you know, I'm going straight to Jimbo because uh, we're friends now. It's Jim Cameron. It's not James yes. Cameron. Yes. So Jim basically said, you know, like, yes, I will help with the story. He had an overarching story that he had thought of. But what his story involved was eliminating the sequel of a um, the 3D movie what was that across time
4: Uh, battle across time, battle across
2: time. So they eliminated that they eliminated T3, they eliminated salvation and they eliminated Genesis. And he said, it's going to be a direct sequel to T2. And Tim Miller was down with that. So was the producers who just wanted to get as far away from Genesis as possible. They're like, yeah, we didn't do that. I mean, even though it was the same, it was the brother of the original producer that owned the I I don't know, Sky Dance comes into this and I don't know their I know the brother of Sky Dance was also the brother of the producer from the last movie. Genesis. It's weird. I don't know. Like I said, it's all organized crime now.
4: Yes. <laughs> one of the one of the things too, like before we get like deep into it, like this one feels like The way the 2018 Halloween did it, which I actually mentioned in the last episode, but like more so definitely feels for this one where, yeah, they're they're starting at a point like the 2018 Halloween ignores Halloween two through whatever. And so this one ignores three through five jump like a jumping in the middle point sequel. And the thing I think that Halloween did, which was fun for Halloween, was they almost kind of did a greatest hits of the sequels. And this one feels like that, too, where it is almost it feels like it's okay. we're ignoring three, four and five, but we're going to take some ideas from three, four and five and kind of do a greatest hits of it our own way. And I don't know why they felt like the need to do that. And maybe they didn't do it on purpose and there's just isn't many more Terminator stories to explore, but it feels too much like a greatest hits for me to really think that they started back at, you know, square one here.
3: I got the same vibe as, as you did. And and I'm a huge Halloween fan, so when you pull greatest hits from that, I'm like, I'm I'm down with that. When you pull greatest hits from trilogy of shitty movies, it's not very good.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like yeah, it's what what are you, what is your place you're pulling from and yeah i think it works for halloween and i love it and i feel like people criticized the new halloween because they thought it was a great assist but i thought that was so fun about this but for terminator you don't do that no no no
2: (laughs) i look at this as like james cameron rewrote his ending he's like thanks guys for you know taking a shit on terminator 2 especially with terminator 3 and uh genesis where so this one, I saw the end of the T-800 as another type of saying goodbye to Arnold. Because in the ending, I think that is pretty obvious Jim Cameron was a part of. Where it's the, just, the
4: ending of this movie? Yes. Or how yeah, the he, ending of this movie feels the same as T-2, mm-hmm. uh, but in a much cheesier, hokier way. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, but I, I see like most of what Jim Cameron did for this was at the beginning he gave an over arcing story and he was also hugely part of the editing to me was obvious because of how he edited this down because tim miller is kind of notoriously open about not being a very good editor and he doesn't like to edit his films. Obviously, an editor edits the film. But, you know, like a lot of times the directors would actually be a part of it. And then James Cameron came in and made this a much better film compared, he said, compared to his two hour and 50 minute original
4: cut. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he he did also say, though, he would in a, in a respectful way because they get along still. But he said he would never work with James Cameron again also.
2: That doesn't surprise me. A lot of people won't work with Jim Cameron again. (laughs) He's intense. He'll call you in four o'clock in the morning with, you know, updates or he's nuts. Yeah. I I think people know that, but I don't think they really realize how crazy he is until they work with him, even though it's funny because a lot of people return for Jim Cameron movies.
4: Because they're going to make money. (laughs) Right. They're like, we'll put up with it for the money.
2: Yeah. Yeah but I don't want to do a lot of films with you. I'll do two, <laughs> but uh, not all of them. But. So, you know, you get into this film, and it's curious because immediately, as we start this feature presentation, John Connor is killed off. And I was, when I, I didn't watch this movie in the theater. It's, I watched T3 in the theater, Salvation, and Genesis. And after Genesis, I was worn down. Of, I had, I was suffering from massive franchise mis- fatigue in 2019, just last year. Even though 2019 feels like four years ago, because <laughs> yeah, COVID nineteen, yeah, yeah, COVID-19. it feels like it was like a hundred years ago at this yeah,
1: point. <laughs> yeah.
2: so I was I was like I'm not watching it. I'm not supporting these franchises anymore. I was 2019 was a stance of Steve's not supporting franchises, and I didn't watch this. I watched you know whatever I could that wasn't a franchise. Anyway, getting into this, they immediately killed John Connor. First reactions, Terry, what'd you feel?
3: Oh, shit. How are they going to run with this now? That's what I thought. I, I, just, I just watched this a couple of days ago, so I didn't know what the plot was going to be going into it, and then when I saw it, I, I assumed it was going to involve John Connor, and when I saw him die, then I uh, wondered what they were going to do with this.
4: How about you, Matt? I was definitely like, okay, cool. And I was like for it because so much of John Connor was the focus of the last three and it wasn't working. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's get rid of that and let's move on. Uh, let's do our, let's do our own thing. Let's let this be Sarah Connor's movie and not worry about John Connor. I was for it, but at the same time, it was also just like, why, you know, like the fact that like the movie was trying to surprise me or whatever in the first five minutes, Yeah, sure, okay, it's surprising, but, like, it just, it didn't have, like, any weight to it. I wasn't, like, that, even though we're looking at, like, a pretty well-rendered, I will give it credit for, uh, de-aging on Eddie Furlong here. Even though we're looking at that, I still, he's not my John Connor. You know what I mean? It still doesn't feel like it is actually part of Judgment Day. It doesn't feel like it's part of Part 2. It just feels still like a modern movie and it's just yeah really good de-aging on eddie furlong here and it's just uh it i'm not making that emotional connection to this that i think the filmmakers are wanting me to do they're or or they're i'm not getting the reaction they want out of me where i'm like oh my god i'm devastated they killed john connor it's just more like oh okay so we're starting the movie this way like i don't know it is not it's not coming off the way i feel like it they're wanting it to (laughs) Yeah,
2: I have my initial reactions and then I have once I found out more about the film. Initially, I was like, oh, great, just another way to take a shit on number two because I felt like number Terminator 3 just shat on the fucking franchise and, and I feel like Genesis did the same thing. And then I found out more that they had more lines because initially I was like, I don't really care because they didn't talk. You didn't bring back the human john connor or the human sarah connor from the original films it just shows sarah connor looking at john getting a drink at the bar which i thought that was funny because edward furlong had such a a substance abuse policy but or substance abuse problem i was like really you're gonna have him at a bar i don't know maybe that's a little overthought by me but so they immediately die i have no human connection to him i just felt like you're taking a shit on the the franchises at the beginning or the, the beginning of this franchise. Then I figured out that they had speaking lines. The scene was two to three minutes longer, but apparently James Cameron watched it and said, like, this de-aging doesn't work well with talking. And they cut it. That's it. And to me, I'm like, I get it. You were trying to shock the audience, let them know, like, this is a different timeline, but it doesn't work. More was just like, meh.
4: The de-aging looks good. I'll give it that, it, but yeah, yeah maybe goes. maybe with the di- maybe with the dialogue, it, that would give it away, and maybe that's the case, and maybe it would have helped to have them talk for me to feel something, but I mean, I guess it worked out in that it does look good. I will give that the credit. I think it looks better than anything Disney's done with the de-aging uh, gauntlet thrown there. Oh, <laughs>
2: See, really, I, I think it's just as good. I think they're on the same, except Disney can pull off the talking, the dialogue. Except with like princess leia <laughs> and uh, uh shit what am i thinking of um where they bring her back talking at the very end whatever and it wanted when princess leia was talking i don't think it worked out too well and i wonder if this was the same way and the thing is like imagine them having a discussion of like what do we do now mom and then sarah connor's just kind of talking and you don't see the terminator coming up and Edward Furlong immediately gets shot and killed right in front of Sarah's eyes and blood splatters on her face. You know, where you're like, holy fuck. You just introduced me to the two characters I like so much from T2, and I didn't see it coming. But instead, they just show the Terminator walk right behind Sarah and shoot John Connor. I It doesn't work. The shock factor doesn't work because you didn't connect me Back to the same level of the human factor of T two. It's just it looked like a video game, even though <laughs> even though it's really good de aging. But still, your brain knows. Yeah, I wonder, oh, yeah, if
3: they if they could have done like almost like a flashback once Arnold comes in, whatever you know, with forty you know deep into the movie, um, where you've built up you know Sarah Connor again and why she's fighting and some sort of emotional connection there by, you know, halfway through the movie. Um, and then sort of like when she finally sees Arnold and has a, you know, her episode of freaking out there um, and then sort of like a flashback to him, her son getting killed. There would be more connection there.
2: After the death of John Connor, we get introduced to Grace, which, you know, we have a flashback with her part of the army. She gets hit and we get a a, a short Future battle scene, which I like it when they're shorter. We got introduced to some new Terminators who are splitting in two. We don't quite understand that, but Grace comes down butt-ass naked like everyone else, and she's introduced to two characters. She escaped from the cops, and but we notice that she's advanced. You know, she's not a normal human. She's not Michael Bean, the original Kyle Reese. She's something else. And if you've ever seen You know, Mackenzie Davis, you notice that she's packed on some muscle.
4: Yeah, I will say it's the something else thing. It is exactly the same as the Marcus character in Terminator Salvation. Like the way they explain how she's like this advanced human. It's the Mm -hmm. same thing they do in Salvation. So, again, it's back to the greatest hits thing.
2: Well, it's the same thing. John Connor is an advanced human in Mm -hmm. Genesis, which we described, you know, we talked about last week, where... At least Mackenzie Davis's advanced form seems easier to understand. She's got a power core inside of her, some type of fast healing, but she's also got a weakness that she can only do it in short bursts or she almost passes out.
4: Her, like, looking for, like, water after her fight is, like, me when we do, like, the podcast. And I'm like, where's my water? <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, shut down if I don't have it. <laughs> you talk so much, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
2: now, Terry, I know you described that you really liked Mackenzie Davis also. What was your big attraction to her character?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed her role. I thought that she... Played an action, you know, action star pretty well. But I also liked that she didn't. She did a good job, I thought, of of balancing being a super important role, having a super important super important role in this movie. But also, she didn't. I guess overact would be the word I would use. You know, I think I just thought she did a a, a solid job. You know, nothing where you don't come out of there saying like she stole the show, but she didn't bring it down at all. Um, she was just a solid character in. In a movie where I thought some people did bring, you know, I I thought Arnold Schwarzenegger just, he's just not an action hero anymore and kind of brought the movie down a bit.
2: I think she played her role. I think what you're trying to say is she played her role because I thought she was very believable in what she was doing. Unlike Arnold, which I love Arnold. His personality is bigger than life, but you're right. He needs to retire from the quote-unquote action star but i'm pretty sure they paid him like a shit ton of money to do this so <laughs> but he was 71 72 at the recording of this film he looks great but he's a little stiff
4: i liked uh mackenzie davis i like natalia reyes and i like gabriel luna in this i liked the kind of our three new mains in this i, th- I thought they were all good uh this it's just the script that sucks but like yeah. i thought they were good in the movie
2: yeah, and there's a lot of parallels to Star Wars in this where they're killing off the original stars slowly and introducing the new stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was obvious. Arnold is the Han Solo. Spoiler alerts. Arnold is the Han Solo dies in the first one. And I'm pretty sure Linda Hamilton would have died in the second trilogy if this ever comes out. And then the third one, of course, we'd have to like make the fans happy by you know, rewriting everything
4: by rebooting it again, (laughs) (laughs) JJ, JJ
2: Abrams would have came. Okay. What we're going to (laughs) do is we're going to bring back Arnold, but we're also going to have an entire capsule of old Arnold's. You see what we're going to do here, guys? JJ, you're fired. I can't. No, I can't do this. Sorry. Go do your own thing. Get off this. Sorry. I'm a little, I know, I know you enjoyed it, Matt. I rewatched star Wars return of the shit fest. I, I don't like it. (laughs) Just don't like it
4: All I say is in in JJ we trust That's all I'll say I'm not going to say anything else (laughs) You're smoking too much of the JJ Everything he does I like (laughs) (laughs) Can't help it
2: That's okay we can still be friends (laughs) Back into this film So we get introduced to the Rev 9 And we ultimately find out That Skynet never existed But it's been replaced with basically Skynet 2 which is called Legion
4: genesis i mean legion (laughs) (laughs)
2: please don't use genesis ever again you know what genesis made more money but i do believe genesis killed this film yeah people didn't want to see
4: this because they were so let down last time and the to be fair too like this trailer came out and the the trailers for this for dark fate are extraordinarily underwhelming
2: yes i just watched the trailer before we started this and i'm like oh okay Yeah, I don't care. I just don't care. I'm at at franchise fatigue, and I'll describe it at the end of this. But the Rev-9, I think, is cool. I like the dark uh, endoskeleton. I love that he can split his exoskeleton, like, Liquid Terminator T-1000. The problem with this is, we've seen this in the TX, and they also brought back the T-1000, in Genesis, and we also saw that John Connor, the advanced Terminator, could make his skin do weird shit. I this is the problem. This Terminator's been done, even though I think it's better. But the problem is it's not new.
4: Uh, that's your that's the microcosm for the macrocosm of the whole movie, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I get it. The design score, the actual actions of the well, what the Terminator can do is cool. But we still get down to it's a new advanced Terminator fighting the old Terminator and it has to touch something to replicate it. God, yada, yada, yada. seen this fucking thing. I just don't care. I don't care about this bad guy, even though this bad guy feels more of a threat than any other bad guy since the T1000 and Terminator 2. This one actually felt like it was menacing and how the fuck are we going to stop it because it become two, but then my brain at the same time's like, "Eh, whatever." See,
4: yeah, man. it's like they're going to they're going to stop it at the end anyway cuz that's what they do yeah. every single time. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, and but you know who else doesn't really give a shit? Linda Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I can't figure out if Linda Hamilton doesn't give a shit or his char- her, she's playing her character so well of not giving a shit because what's the point of living?
4: Right. Yeah. I can't tell if it's if, yeah, exactly. She's playing it as what's the point of living or why am I here? Like, I cannot tell like,
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this was the first you know, story that she got a hold of with Sarah Connor in it where she was like, Oh, okay. I actually feel like there's a point to tell this story. Because that's why she didn't return for Terminator 3. Is she felt like her character's story was done. The, the whole story was done. And I also think that Linda Hamilton, after the Sarah Connor Chronicles, felt, you know, like, I think she w- return for an episode or two of Sarah Connor Chronicles. It's a hard, I can't say Sarah Connor Chronicles very well. <laughs> uh, too many C's. I think she felt like after watching that, that she felt that Sarah Connor had some story left. I don't know what character she played in that. I can't remember. I remember liking the first eight episodes. Like, the first season was only, like, eight or nine episodes. I remember liking that. But after that... Season one was done on Fox. I never watched season two. And then the fucking thing was canceled.
4: Well, they did a thing where they they did like nine good episodes and then they brought it back for like a 22 episode second season and ran it into the ground. So probably I don't know. But anyway, what do you think, Terry? Is it Linda Hamilton doesn't give a shit or
2: Linda Hamilton is playing the character that doesn't give a shit?
3: I think Linda Hamilton doesn't give a shit.
1: (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) by the way, do you think she's like a pack a day? Because Wow. I'm just saying.
3: He's, yeah,
2: she looks 90 years old. She's in great shape.
3: Yeah, fantastic she is. shape. Yeah, fantastic shape. Um, I actually was after I watched. I read. I read some. I wouldn't call them professional reviews, but a lot of people really found her to be smoking hot. And again, great body, but oh yeah, what do you call it, a leather face?
2: Yeah, she, <laughs> I mean she's when she recorded this. She's 61 years old. Yeah. And
3: she looks older than Arnold Schwarzenegger.
2: Who's 70 or 72 or something, <laughs> you know, like, and yeah. I, I don't want a body shame. I'm just no. saying, kids, don't smoke. don't smoke. And I hear Matt being quiet. Matt, <laughs>
4: <laughs> you better oh, join well, in on this. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I mean, it's, uh, and, and also drinking, too. She had that that problem. Oh, so did I she
2: guess. have a, did she have yeah, a, okay. Yeah, so I did drill that. drinking
4: yeah. and smoking. So, like, uh, and also, also she, she truly didn't want to do the movie. And in my limited research, she didn't want to do it. Just James Cameron lured her out. Uh, She didn't want to do any of the physical training. And because of the training for the movie, she said she would never do one of these again because she was miserable the whole time.
2: You know, she might've been miserable. She got herself in shape because just five years earlier, I can't remember what I caught her in, but she was, you know, Soft. She was enjoying her money. She was probably 30 pounds, 40 pounds heavier. She looks... She could beat me up.
4: Oh, yeah. No, like, the training worked. She just didn't want to do it. <laughs> she just didn't want to... She didn't yep. wanted nothing to do with... Not necessarily the movie. She had already agreed to come back, but it was just, like... She didn't want to do the extensive, extensive training, and she just hated every second of it. And Sure, it worked; it paid off. But if she's miserable, I feel like that's what's coming across on screen.
3: Yeah, and especially considering the first Terminator and T two, like how well you know she she was in those movies. See, like kind of like a lackluster performance was summarizes the movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like yeah, we're doing another one. Whatever, fine. I'll take my paycheck. I didn't like that. I don't want to do any of this. I actually think it works. I'll be honest. I know it looks like she doesn't give a shit, but I actually think it works really well for the character. Now, what I'm trying to think is did they adjust? Did they get like really loose and you know, like, okay, um, maybe we should make Linda can uh, you know, like Sarah kind of not give a shit because uh, Linda doesn't care. You know what I mean? I think it actually works. And because she is full of piss and vinegar, I actually kind of enjoyed her and Grace going back and forth, where it's just like, you know what? I'm an advanced Terminator. Why don't you shut up, human? And she's like, I saved the fucking world. Is that enough of a resume for you?
0: So you're here to protect her. What are you? Never seen one like you before. Almost human.
1: I am human. Just enhanced. You know, increased speed and strength. Which means I can rip your throat out if you piss me off, so don't. Your turn.
0: My name is Sarah Connor. When I was about her age, a Terminator was sent to kill me to stop the birth of my son, John, leader of the resistance. We changed the future, saved 3 billion lives. (laughs) You're
2: welcome. I actually enjoy that grizzled bullshit. Because I felt like that was part of the story that felt the most real. Part of me wonders if Linda Hamilton and Mackenzie Davis did not see eye to eye on this film. To Mackenzie Davis, this is the start of really breaking out. To Linda Hamilton, this is like, give me my money. Fuck James Cameron. I'm married to that asshole. I don't want to fucking deal with him. I divorced him. Give me my money. I'm tired of Terminator. And I'm wondering if those two clashed.
4: I don't know, like, cause yeah, it feels like Mackenzie Davis is going to take over the franchise from her. Is there some some sort of re- weird resentment there then, or what? But yeah, I mean, just to just to the point of Linda Hamilton again too, like. Like a Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, I hate to be just comparing these all the time, but I feel like I have to like I'm very excited to see if Linda Hamilton decides to continue acting and be in stuff because I like Linda Hamilton. I just think she was so sick of this franchise that that's why you got that. But like, I'd love to see her in more stuff if she chose to be like like Jamie Lee Curtis is having a nice resurgence right now. I'd love to see the same. No, no, absolutely.
2: No. So this actually opened up a few roles for Linda Hamilton. She was supposed to be in a movie called Easy Does It that I don't know when we'll see that or if it's even come out. But she was also introduced to a new TV series where she was playing a general in Resident Alien. And I don't know what's happening with that because I think it was supposed to start filming this year you know, we'll see. But also Linda Hamilton signed on to do another movie
4: in this in this franchise, in this
2: franchise if it continued okay. and they haven't officially canceled it yet.
4: I think they've all but said, I think even like Mackenzie Davis was like, yeah, it's done. We're not doing any more. So well, I, I don't think it's been officially officially said, but like, no. I think everybody's kind of free. I don't think anybody's contractually obligated but, to do any more of these now.
2: Well, OK, so Arnold isn't Arnold's done. He signed one contract. That's it. Linda Hamilton, Davis, and a lot of these other ones signed these contracts where it's like a loose agreement where they have to agree to the script, which feels like one of these. I feel like this is like, okay, if the movie does really good, we'll all come back. If the movie doesn't, which this was a financial bomb, then they all have an option out. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because they all, Linda Hamilton and Davis and Natalie Reyes... They all signed these contracts to come back. But I think they all have an option out if the movie was unsuccessful.
4: Yeah, and I think they were all cashing in on that, being like, no, we're not doing it anymore. <laughs> and maybe
2: that's why the production company's being like, eh, maybe we're not coming back. But you know what? They spent a lot of money, and this barely made anything back. So we'll talk about the behind the scenes. But uh, getting more into this, we introduce fuck i forgot her name i forgot the main characters uh not grace but um danny
3: oh danny yeah
2: yeah danny's got a family she's clearly taking care of it you know making her father go to the doctor making sure her brother and her get to work on time and then we have the rev 9 immediately attack and that's a. it's not a bad it's not a bad fight i enjoy it and i think you know Mackenzie davis physical attributes are great and i really like gabriel luna as the rev 9 it's a fun fight i I like to watch it it looks even though they used a lot of cg it looks so much more realistic than a lot of shit they did in t3 and in genesis
4: i'm still in the camp though like when i'm watching it the fight scenes and things like that like especially this this first fight scene in the uh in the factory yeah it looks cool but I'm, i'm still not connecting to something like something isn't the switch isn't flipping where i am totally engaged i'm like i'm looking at it almost so surface level like cool and i agree with you the effects do look better than the last couple movies but with almost like no practical effects in this one but it's just, I'm not, there's, maybe it is because there's so much CGI or maybe it's because I just had the, f- the franchise fatigue or whatever. I'm not connecting to anything here. It's like surface level cool, but immediately forgotten after it's over.
3: I'm right with you, Matt. I just think that, I, I actually think that it's almost the fatigue of the franchise. I mean, you just, you know, what's going to happen. You know, nothing is really going to be resolved at the beginning and it's all going to be resolved at the end. And in the middle, there's going to be a big – that's where they're going to throw the story together. And here, we hope you watch it.
2: Yeah, I think that's the ultimate problem with uh, franchise fatigue is like with a new film, you don't know what's going to happen from scene to scene. Because you just – you don't know what character is going to keep coming back from film to film. And like you know they won't get rid of the stars or they'll find a way to bring them back. With franchise fatigue, I think the biggest problem is you're never invested from scene to scene. You're just like, yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, and
4: this one has taken so many of the same beats that the other movies had too. That it's like, okay, this is that first fight beat. Okay, then we travel for a while, and then we have this next bigger fight. We're in in traffic again. Another traffic fight. Like yeah. <laughs> it's literally hitting all the same beats again.
2: <laughs> yeah, the only thing this film did that I thought was interesting was they were. Tra- this film feels a little political.
4: Oh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a there is a reason why it has so much of like the uh, Mexican influence on there for sure.
2: Well, like you got, you know, them sneaking into America, which I was I don't know if they were trying to say anything, but at the detention center when Mackenzie, you know, or I'm sorry, Grace, let's use the character's name. Grace was just like, "Where are the prisoners?" "Oh, we call them detainees." Yeah. I was like, eh, yeah. <laughs> "Okay." So we're doing this. I didn't mind that. It's not a stupid joke like they did with Genesis and Terminator 3. But there was that like, what are we doing? Are we trying to make a political statement or are we trying to make a, a fluff action film?
4: Yeah, I just I feel like it was like a that was like a jab. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like it's it, not a joke, but like a jab, like we're aware of the situation. This is our kind of, our, our little bit of political commentary. We're slipping in here. I feel like that's what that was in that section. But yeah, it's not like funny. And like, yeah, it, at the same time too, it's like, it's a Terminator. It's Terminator six. Do we need to start getting like political in this one?
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, what else do they have left? I guess. Right. I don't know. <laughs> they escape. We find out that grace Needs a lot of drugs to keep surviving, which seems to me like a really bad Terminator to send in the past. But whatever. Hey, uh, you're super powerful, but uh, yeah, you need a lot of help to keep going.
3: You're also a junkie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I will say this, and I heard this is actually the actresses saying it, too, is Mackenzie Davis. They were talking about her working out, and she goes, the best part about working out is my ass is amazing. And I watched it, and I'm like, I agree i agree good job good job grace she was so proud of herself gaining 15 pounds of muscle and i kind of enjoy watching her behind the scenes because it felt like linda hamilton from the second one where you could see the joy in making a film and now watching linda hamilton like the you know like how much of a different, you know, Lena Hamilton wants nothing to do with this and you have a nice little contrast of like, Mackenzie Davis is
4: enjoying herself. I think that's why she's so likable in this movie is because she, you could tell like, she's taking this so seriously. She wants to continue. She, If she's going to take up the mantle of the franchise, she wants to continue it respectfully. And yeah, she looks great. And she is is this Terminator, you know, muscle badass, but it's just... Yeah, and then she's but then she's got to be against Linda Hamilton who wants nothing to nothing to do with <laughs> yeah, any of this. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's hard, it's tough. Yeah. Uh,
2: so they escape the factory. Sarah arrives, comes right on the scene like a badass. Just you know, fucking doesn't even care. Like oh, I'm shooting another Terminator. I don't care. I'll be back. <laughs>
3: what she says?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, I think five out of the six films now have somehow found out found a way to say i'll be back whether it's arnold or someone else i hate
4: this uh, about this franchise like it's like you can reference the old ones obviously we love those old ones and you can have these character through lines but the forcing of the i'll be back and the come with me if you want to live that is in all of these movies it's like that actually
2: would be part of my director clause but no i'm making my own movie and i'm not putting in all these references and they probably wouldn't hire me
4: oh yeah no they need the references which is like the worst kind of fan service i feel like they're listening to all the wrong things or not listening at all they're like oh we're doing fan service we're gonna just say i'll be back again and it's like no fans want to see a good terminator movie (laughs) yeah let's start there
2: yeah, I agree. And so they go to the ho They go to the motel. We find out that Lemma Hamilton is kind of, you know, putting her phone in potato chip aluminum foil bags. Uh, and she's, you know, just going from grid to grid, chasing down Terminators. And she's getting this secret help from these text messages, you know, for John is always written at the end. And we find out that uh, Grace is like, ah, oh, that's funny. That's the coordinates I have for my help that I have to get and it's all the way in Texas. So they've got to cross the border. They go through their whole train and going underneath the wall, the Trump build wall. I don't know if they were trying to make a jab at that, but I'm assuming they were. Yeah. They go, eh, yeah, probably. Something. So they get across, they go to Texas, but before that they get arrested, they get put in the detention center. I mean jail. I mean mom. Um <laughs> anyone seen Bill and Tad. I think that reference isn't going to work. I should probably cut that, right?
4: <laughs> no, Mindy, I, think good. I, I mean it's Mom. Good. I think it's good. I think it's good.
2: <laughs> so, they are battling and I, this is really what I like the new Rev-9 Terminator, where he's using his blades out of his body. He's really fucking owning the scene.
3: Yeah, I enjoyed this this scene better than, you know, the the beginning factory scene and the ending scene. I thought he, he owned it. He went right through all the guards. And this is when I really, I just, I, I, up to this point, I was like, oh, yeah, I like McKenzie, And then Gabriel, I was all in on Gabriel as well. After this, I thought he did a phenomenal job at the detention center.
4: Yeah, yeah I like how I like how charming he is when he talks to people, and like yeah. he will adjust his accent for whoever he needs to talk to, adjust, you know, adjust his like way of basically being charming to anybody he's talking to. Uh, it, it reminded me of Robert Patrick in uh, 2 mm-hmm. without copying it though, thankfully. So yeah, again, it just props to Gabriel Luna that I, I really I did like him in this movie. I thought he was good. Just no. wish he had a better script to work with. He
2: had like the best quotable lines. My entire body is a weapon.
3: Expect a big pain, brother. Whole body's a weapon. Save it for the ladies. Sorry. Metal hip. Two tours in Afghanistan. All
2: right. Thank you for your service. You know, like he felt like he was creating his own Terminator. That's the plus of this movie where there are like signs of positivity Where I was like, yeah, he he's trying to be his own Terminator. And I feel like he's the only one since Robert Patrick to be his own Terminator. TX, the Terminatrix was a shit, shit job. Hate that fucking Terminator. And then you go through the Salvation and Marcus was ruined by the marketing and everything. And I don't really have a feeling on Marcus. He just feels like a blah Terminator. I love the design of that film. But then you go into Genesis and John Connor sucked. Not as bad as TX, because at least John Connor felt like a Terminator. Sort of. I don't know. Actually, I think John Connor sucks from that, too. But not as much as the TX, because at least John Connor wasn't in high heels and makeup. (laughs) Listen to our T3 to really feel Ashley, Matt and I's full hatred for that. You know, we get into this, they go further on, and I think we all agree that the detention center was the best scene, but they get to Texas, and we finally get introduced to Arnold as the T 800, but not the T 800 from T 2.
4: The T 800 from the beginning of this movie, but yes, he also grew a conscience, much like the Terminator and Terminator 2. And now he's just an old guy named Carl. And I'm just like, okay. This is where we're at. <laughs> this this was like a moment of this is like a come to Jesus moment when I'm watching this movie and just like, It's over. It's uh, we're done. This is his name is Carl now and he does drapes and I'm just like, it's over. We're done with Terminator. <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs>
2: because while Arnold is still entertaining to watch when he's like, This is going to be hard to explain to Rose or whatever. His wife's yeah. name is. And then he's talking about like how he's putting up drapes for a guy. He's like, he wanted to put up plain drapes for a nine-year-old girl. No, do not do it. You must use lilies, daisies, butterflies. Like Arnold is selling the lines because Arnold is a superstar. The lines, the script, the entire writing, which I assume was put up by James Cameron and probably why it worked, he works – but his character doesn't.
0: While raising Madeo, my son, I began to understand what I'd taken from you.
1: Wait, you grew a conscience?
0: The equivalent to one, yes. It's an infiltrator. It's lying. When my mission was completed, there were no further orders. So for 20 years, I kept learning how to become a human.
1: So what about the texts?
0: When I mean, coronal displacement occurs, there's a shockwave through time, measurable before the event. That's how, not why. To give you purpose, Sarah. I thought it would bring meaning to your son's death. You know what would give meaning to his death?
1: <laughs> this
0: will be very hard to explain to Alicia.
4: Well, it's like, yeah, it's Arnold. We we like Arnold. But yeah, what they're giving him to do is terrible. And he's doing the best he can with what he's got. But like, yikes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And then we end up getting like they come up with like, let's train this girl, Danny, to keep herself alive. And that's when I thought Linda Hamilton was the funniest was or the most believable too. Where they're like, okay, keep your your legs spread wide, get your balance, keep balance, don't don't anticipate the recoil. She just gives her a giant gun and goes, the Terminator just killed your entire family. What are you gonna do? And then she blows away the watermelons. And that's when I felt like Linda Hamilton was like because she doesn't give a shit and neither does the character what the fuck are you guys doing you're trying to teach this girl how to kill a terminator in a couple hours we don't have time for this here's a giant gun fucking shoot the watermelon let's go kill this thing
3: let's yeah, get this almost,
2: movie going
3: it was almost like they had been out there for about 50 takes and she just got tired of it she's <laughs> like pretend they just killed your family what do you do yeah
2: So I actually that's where I like Linda Mm. Hamilton in this and her ability to act shines through. It's it's a stupid throwaway scene. And that's the only memorable moment is her not giving a shit.
4: Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's connected to did she not give a shit making the movie? Was that just the character? You know, is it because she is a good actress? I don't know, you she know, dis- she is a good actress. It's just sh- this movie sucks. <laughs> she
2: disappears in the scene as the character because she is the character. Right, right, right.
4: <laughs> like, I don't know
2: who's who. Are you Linda Hamilton or are you Sarah Connor? I don't know. It doesn't matter. You don't give a shit, and I understand you don't
4: give a shit. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> so we get farther along this. They go, of course, into another, like, magnet, EMT, bullshit to eliminate the t-1000 or the reb 9 as we're calling it now fine whatever they meet uh, someone in the military because of course linda hamilton has all these friends through all these years of being a rogue she's i don't know if you guys caught this but she's a bad guy and she's she's guilty in 50 states
4: oh she makes it no yeah some terrible terrible dialogue yeah where she's like i'm wanted in most states 50 in fact (laughs) and i'm like who wrote this? <laughs> which I, one of the six of you is responsible for this? The,
2: the guy named Billy Ray, because there's a fucking guy named Billy Ray. Which, by the way, is Billy Ray real or is that a pseudonym? Like, are we? What was this?
4: No, that's a that's a real guy. I like I like Billy Ray. He wrote Overlord, which is uh, an oh, underrated gem. So I
2: I didn't know he's real. I just looked at his name like Billy Ray, and I'm like pseudonym. <laughs> Sorry, so he's got a name that's that's so fake hollywood oh, yeah. that it's oh, real
4: yeah. yeah it could probably be a, real, a fake name but yeah i uh, he's one of the people i actually liked that worked on the movie but i don't know how much of what he got in got through or whatever
2: <laughs> i'm sure i could look he did volcano he wrote volcano sold <laughs> <laughs> you you wrote that piece of shit that they destroyed right on tommy lee jones let's <laughs> do it <laughs> further along into this movie They end up in getting chased by the Terminator and a fighter jet, and they're in a giant C five K. I looked this up. It's a C five KC ten extender that was also in Air Force One with Harrison Ford. Yep. No one cares. Moving on. (laughs) Yeah. Not a a
4: plane guy. Don't got a bone for planes. So
2: So, uh, they fight. This is really where you can tell Arnold's not an action star anymore. They're just using CG to float him through the plane and punch the Terminator. Mackenzie Grace on the, or Grace on the other hand is just like sweating her ass off, and Arnold's like, "Okay, so I I do this and that, and we're done." Okay, right on. And she's like, looks like she's ran half a marathon. She's like, "I'm so tired."
4: <laughs> yeah, Arnold. Arnold just slams a guy on the wall and punches him one time. But yeah, she's flying around there like basically doing everything for them all also that we could just crash the the well not crash the plane have them go out of a thing uh in a jeep or whatever and then that lands and then that crashes and then they get out also that this ending can be in another factory and we could defeat the robot with another magnet (laughs)
2: because matt humans beat robots (laughs) yeah it was the same thing is they found another industrial spot And they made sure I noticed in the plot overlay to not put Hoover Dam. It's just a dam, guys. (laughs) It could be any dam. Any dam. I don't understand that. What like, what? did they not have the ability to use the Hoover Dam? What they say in the rights is or what they say in the plot is a river near a hydro plant is the Hoover. Was the Hoover Dam like, no, you were beneath the Terminator franchise. Like what? I don't understand that.
3: Tourism is good. They don't don't need the rights.
2: Yeah. They're like, fuck Terminator. We got our own advertisements. (laughs) Like, what? Okay. Uh, Whatever. And so they fight. We get, uh, you know, it's an okay battle at the end. It's much better than Genesis. It's much better than T3. I don't think it's better than Salvation. But at least it was something (laughs) like i can't give this positive i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm stretching as far as i can here
4: folks you mean you didn't cry again when arnold melted again at the end of the movie
2: no at least when he returned at the end he had the shiny red eye from like the first one i was like okay i get it i like it not much (laughs) but i like it uh, I'm sorry, folks. I got Genesis on the mind. Everything's better, but it's still shit. Yeah, it's, like right. a, it's like eating. It's like eating. You know, like it's not it's, one of those stupid vegetarian burgers that tastes like cardboard. But it's like eating a black bean burger. You're like, hey, at least it's real. It's something. It's not that fucking piece of shit.
4: Well, I, I would. I would take it a step further and say, like. You know, with Genesis, you're getting a shit sandwich and you're like, I don't want to eat a shit sandwich. So with this one, it's it's got less shit on it, but it's still a shit sandwich.
2: (laughs) It's a shit sandwich with really good ketchup.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's got it's got some mayo on it. And it's like, "Cool, all right. Yeah. Flavor up my shit sandwich.
2: (laughs) I'm Linda Hamilton's there. Hey, you got a cigarette (laughs) I can borrow. (laughs) You got any more of these
4: sandwiches? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm addicted to these sandwiches and potato chips. I really like potato and chips. And potato chips. Uh, uh, so, yeah, they find them. I, You know what? Damn it. I'm trying to find positives here, folks. I don't care. I don't care about this movie. I like one and two. Why can't we just stop? I'm sorry. I'm just ranting. <laughs> the Terminator dies. At least they didn't have a mid-credit scene in this.
4: No, when it's over, it's over.
2: It's more like a back to the future and they go off in their Jeep and it's like the same shot except the, you know, the Jeep doesn't fly.
4: Yeah, exactly. No, it is. It's exactly the same. And I think, I think there's are there, again, <laughs> Halloween, I'm comparing it. I think they're setting up for it to be like the three ladies again. It's going to be Mackenzie is Grace and Sarah Connor and uh, Danny are going to save the world. And that's going to, you know, these Femin- this the feminist approach to this movie and having these three characters be the ones to save the world or whatever I think that's where we're headed with with the second one of this which we're never gonna get uh, which is interesting and again it's you know similar to what we did with Halloween the the three generations of women or whatever but uh yeah I just you know they take off and they're gonna go on whatever adventure they're gonna have and I'm just like I still don't care you know when these movies, but in the 90s and stuff in these movies like G2 and and everything, when they would end, I would be like so hyped for whatever that next adventure is going to be, whether we actually got a sequel or not. This one, when they're like, all right, we're just going to keep fighting. I'm just sitting here thinking, I hope we don't have to see any of it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I think at the end of Terminator 3, even though I hated that film, if you would ask me out of the theater and been like, are you looking forward to Terminator 4? I've been like, I'll watch it. I'm fucking down. This one, if if I would have actually gone to the theater and watch it, and afterwards you'd ask me, I'd been like, "Can we just end this? Cut the head off the snake. I'm done."
3: Yeah, but part of that is when you saw Terminator Three, you would have been like, "Ah, shit, that's one shitty one." But the first two are really good. They can bounce back, and at this point, I don't know if they're gonna bounce back. <laughs> um, but going to Matt's point, I think I would have been okay with you know the three women going off and setting up the, the franchise going forward. Like I'm, I'm okay with that is in theory, but they just, again, like the plot, I think Matt has hit it. He's, I think he said it a few times and the plot is just so terrible that by the time that that is where they want to go, you're, you're not invested anymore.
2: Yeah. You guys want to know something that will rock that just rocked my world is this was one of the highest rated Terminators since T2. Yeah. I <laughs> like what? The critics liked it. The audience liked it. Who actually saw it?
4: Because it was the shit sandwich with less yes. shit on it. And they were like, finally.
3: <laughs> well, well, and that's why like at the beginning you asked me, did I like it? And I was like, Yeah, I liked it. And then all I've done is pretty much bashed it the whole time. Like <laughs> it's like good compared to what I've seen in what, I think I saw T two in ninety two, so eighteen years. Yeah. I watch it.
2: Yeah, I also feel like this is a overreaction to the Me Too movement, and I don't actually have a problem with that. So I want to state that at the beginning, but I feel like having like I, I, I'm feeling this and I have to say it because I know a lot of other listeners feel this. And I actually saw actually, you know what who bashed this the most was female critics. And I don't know what that was about, but this is when I picked up on it. I go, yeah, maybe this is an overreaction in me, too, where it's like, look at the girls taking over the franchise. I don't really give a shit about that because Arnold's done. It's time to move on. Give me something else. But I did start to like, hey, maybe you're right a
1: little bit.
4: But here's the biggest problem. I don't care. Yeah, I normally I I would love like a feminist take on the Terminator series because well you Sarah mean a Con- guy
2: who made a feminist horror movie is
4: into <laughs> the feminist action movie <laughs> right exactly like I would love to see that and I would love but like it, just the way they're handling it I don't I I don't care or whatever but like. I would love to see sort of like the feminist Terminator. But here's the thing. You've got six writers on this movie and they're (laughs) all fucking dudes. (laughs) I noticed noticed that it's just like, how
2: can we make this? Remember, we care about women, guys. Yeah, dude, I know I care about women, too. Me, too.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All six dudes trying to write a, a female three hander. And it just is not it's just it's born out of the wrong place or something like that.
2: You know what, Matt? We could have women write films, but you know what they would say.
4: They'd probably make a way fucking better Terminator movie. I'll (laughs) tell you that one.
2: They'd probably write a better female (laughs) character. I mean, for God's sakes. I just, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with this film, but I do know what's wrong with this film. I don't know what's good in this film, but I do know what's good in this film. I don't know what to do any longer with the Terminator franchise. And I feel like I'm just convulsing words like just they're flying (laughs) out of me because I'm tired of this franchise.
4: Yeah, I think you're spot on with all of it right there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. well, I guess I guess we're
2: ready to go on to the museum. Anything else? Uh,
4: That's all I got.
2: I kind of felt like a Terry sigh there. (sighs) Well, (laughs) only because
3: I was trying to think of like, what am I going to put in this fucking museum? But.
2: Uh, we should let everyone know that I've known Terry since the third grade so we go way back way way back back. (laughs) alright it's time for the museum this is the
4: second time I've had to reclaim my property from you that belongs in a museum so do you
2: This is the part of the show where we go into the film jungle like indie, We bring something back, and this is going to end our Terminator wing of the franchise. It's been fun for a few films. (laughs) Ish. Ish. (laughs) But I love that you introduced this, Matt. I gave you a chance. I'm like, hey, name a franchise. We went through a few, but you fucking nailed it with Terminator. And it's not your fault that, you know, these last couple Terminators have been like, Meh. Too to bad
4: i picked him because i thought there would be stuff to talk about you know to work through the series also to like another factor and it was like i knew these were going to come out for the summer and i mean like what's a bigger summer franchise than like the terminator when you think of summer movies like t2 is the ultimate i feel like in in, in terms of like the 90s summer action things like it's it's the number one even so though I, only
2: one movie came out in the 90s
4: yeah t2 um <laughs> but when you know what i'm saying when you think of like 90s action movies you think of t2 you know like that's mm-hmm. the one so i feel like mm-hmm. this no, is I a agree. perfect like summer franchise to go through even though i'm sure most of these movies also didn't even come out in the summer they just have a vibe that feels that way and uh, yeah i wanted to talk about sort of the misfires what went wrong why i thought salvation was worth talking about as like a, a semi worthy sequel, you know, but like yeah, I wanted to dig in and and I thought Terminator had the most to kind of pick apart
2: I think salvation is still the best sequel
4: other than two two right one
2: one and two are Dang. like the same they're continuations i don't right. even consider it a sequel, but yes, as past t two I still think salvation's the best, yeah, and Dang. let alone be because of the visuals the thought that th- thought behind it of like how we can create a sequel that makes sense. And number two, a sequel that looks good. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing salvation did is the terminators are well thought out.
4: Yeah, uh, It's a movie with a visual director who is flexing his muscles, you know, flexing his visual eye in the movie or uh, flexing his nuts, which I'll bring back. <laughs> yes. Well, From, Okay, a long time ago.
2: Well, we'll end Matt busting his nut over Mick G, which is fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Enjoy that visual, folks. Matt, I'm going to let you go first. Putting something in the museum for Terminator Dark
4: Fate. You know, if I was going to put a positive, which I'm not going to do, I'm going to put a negative <laughs> in here. But if I was going to put a positive, I would put the new cast in there because I do think they are good. And I think that is one of the things that uh, this movie does do right is the new cast is great. And I would, I think with good writers and with some actual direction, uh, the, the series could go on with the, the new characters in a, in a fun way. And I would even want to see uh, Gabriel Luna come back, too. I think it'd be fun to have him come back as a villain. So, yeah, there's good stuff. But my my negative I've just got to put in the in the museum is uh, the screen, the screenplay again, which I kind of said with the last one. But this one, I mean, you've got six writers in a writer's room. That's not how you make a movie. That's just now you make a movie. It's not a TV show. If you're going to do a TV show, sure. You need a writer's room to kind of work out the kinks of all the details that are going to go through as you work through the series and work through the seasons of the series. That's fine. This is a movie. One to two writers. Come on. <laughs> like six writers. And this is this. And this is the best six people could come up with. Yikes.
2: <laughs> Do you think Christina Logan would come on and be like, hey, guys, I'm returning for Dark Fate 2. Oh, think, my God. I think, think we can sneak her in, TX.
4: You know what? I I like her. I just don't like her character. (laughs) I'm
2: I'm fucking with you. That would be an awful idea. That that character—that's the worst. That is the worst character in the franchise. It's a
4: mess for sure.
2: Yeah. Okay, Terry, go ahead. Number two.
3: You know, I'm right with Matt. Um, but I'm just gonna give Mackenzie Davis her due and and put and that's who I'm gonna put in. I thought she did a great job. She was likable throughout. You know, like you said, she put on her muscle, became the action star and just really nailed it. And I would, if, if they make a, another one, I hope that she's back. Otherwise, again, I think the whole, those three should be back. Mackenzie, Natalie and Gabriel. Otherwise, I'm not sure there needs to be a continuation of the franchise, but I'm giving her her due and I'm going to put her in.
2: Okay. You stole mine. So I'm going to say for (laughs) the entire Terminator dark fate, I have nothing. When you come to my portion, it's going to be an empty slot. And I feel that is because I feel so empty after watching this. I don't have anything. I could lie to you and make up, oh, you know, I like the music, the return of the old Terminator. I don't have anything. Mackenzie Davis was my thing. I feel like this movie has no idea what it's doing. Even though it's still better in Genesis. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a slightly burnt, just taken out of a bonfire copy of the Blu-ray of Terminator Dark Fate where I'm like, this is better than the last one, but it's still a burnt piece of shit.
4: Yeah. And it, I, you know what I think is funny and I think says something about the movie is we've all said that we like uh, Natalia Reyes as Danny in the movie, but we really haven't talked about her character at all. And I think that's because they don't really know what to do. They haven't given her enough to do in the movie. They haven't really given her anything for us to talk about, but we're all like, she's good. But, but the fact that we haven't even really mentioned her at all, really throughout, I think is very telling of the movie. Well, they even,
2: they even portray that in the poster where she is the smallest character underneath all three of Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Mackenzie Davis. She is the shadow of Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor and you she doesn't have any time to breathe, even though they clearly give that character time to mature. But I don't care.
4: Yeah. And it's a shame because she's good. She's her, good in it. And it, and it could have been a good thing.
2: Her entire character is suffocated through the franchise weight.
4: Yeah. I, I think just, it's totally it.
2: Yeah. And you look at this movie that cost one hundred eighty five to one hundred ninety six million dollars, according to whoever you talk to. Marketing. Was 80 to 100 million dollars. So you're looking at a 300 plus million dollar film, and worldwide, the franchise fatigue was so heavy it only made 261. They have claimed many, many writers that they had to hit the 450, 480 mark to hit even. Yeah. Under that. So, like you said, most likely the future films are canceled. They haven't officially said it, but it's obvious. So I would like to talk about an overarching thing that we've discussed many times. The franchise fatigue of 2019 was real. Even though Avengers Endgame made almost a billion dollars worldwide. Lion King was a bad film. It almost made 600 million. Toy Story 4, I didn't like, almost made half a billion dollars. And then, you know, we go Captain Marvel, which I really didn't like Captain Marvel. Spider-Man Far From Home. We've got Jumanji came back out. Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. We've got Pokemon, which I guess is a franchise. It's a franchise.
4: It's a franchise.
2: Shazam! Part of the DC franchise, which I really, really liked. Aquaman, part of the DC franchise, Dumbo, part of the Disney franchise, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, part of the monster franchise, all this shit, stop. (laughs) But because all of those
4: were the top at the box office, that's the reason why we're not going to (laughs) stop. But
2: if you look past the top 15, movies in the theaters beyond COVID are suffering. They're not doing well. They're deciding to go Netflix. They're deciding to go Amazon Prime. They're deciding uh, deciding to go Disney Plus Pro, whatever the fuck it's called now. I don't know. I can't keep up. X-Men Dark Phoenix was a shit show. Didn't even make... Did Dark Phoenix even make $100 million worldwide? It was bad. It was a huge bomb.
4: Yeah. But yeah.
2: I, I'm just saying, like, we are at franchise fatigue, and 2020 COVID might have saved it. In a weird way, because now everyone's hungry for anything. It could be a shit sandwich, but it's better than not eating anything.
4: Yeah, and I don't, and I don't know what the lasting effects are going to be. I mean, if you look at the the top uh, money makers of 2020 so far, whether it's through VOD or theaters, it's still Bad Boys Three and Trolls Two. It's no, still it's franchises. Trolls 2,
2: Trolls Two is the biggest, but Trolls Two it's a second. It's not really a franchise yet. It's a sequel.
4: Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, people are still watching, you know, even at home, they're still watching familiar stuff. And I don't, I I, I don't, but I don't know because, yeah, there is definitely a fatigue in a lot of franchises because this sagged, the X-Men movies sagged. I probably could think of other examples. Even, uh, well, John those. Wick,
2: John Wick chapter three was estimated they thought worldwide would make 300 million. It made half that.
4: Yeah, it's just I do think there it's it. There's something there, but I just don't know if we have crossed that line yet, where we can comfortably say like the top fifteen of the year are not going to be franchise movies next year. No, I still think they are. Not, I, I still think they are going to be franchise movies. But uh, yeah, there is something. There is something in the water that we are backing away from e- everything. You know, if it was two thousand nine or two thousand, you know, eleven or something like that every movie was a franchise movie, you know, at least we're backing away slightly. Yeah.
2: I mean, fucking gummy bears. The movie could come out and it would make more money than an original film. And that like, it just doesn't matter. As long as it's a a name that, you know, it will make more money, but we need to start grading the new films on a curve because the only reason it's not getting that attention is because there's not a second. Like, that's what it was. It's like franchise fatigue is real, but, You have other movies out there that are ready to be a franchise. And I'm starting to recognize that. Because consider this, Matt. We watched a movie like a lot of people called The Babysitter by Mm -hmm. Mick G. Mick G's Babysitter was not huge success, but it was big enough. And now you've got Babysitter 2 coming out. Mm -hmm. And that will make more downloads or whatever Netflix raises, you know, how they do their algorithms. That's the thing is like, they got to start grading these first ones on a curve because almost the first one needs to be like times 1.5 because when the second one comes out, even though people might not be as much interested in it, it will get more views because people then see the stability. And once the third one comes out, that's when you really measure. But if they're small budgets, if you fail, you still make money. It's weird. It's really weird to measure these sequels and franchises because Shazam 2 will make more money than Shazam 1. And, and Shazam and 1 didn't even make 250 million.
4: I think I think what you're saying is like what happened with like Genesis, where it was like that movie made a ton of money and it's just because it was A track record kind of thing uh not so much that the movies were good because uh three and four didn't get good reviews or anything but like it had been a while it had been six years arnold was back there was like a there was almost like a sense of well this one has to be good you know (laughs) and that's why so many people saw it i think and then when it wasn't that's why nobody saw this one yeah i don't know it's it it is quite interesting and It, it's hard it's really difficult to take apart and i don't know i don't know where we're headed <sighs> neither do i but i would like
2: to thank terry for coming on and watching terminator dark fate bud thanks for coming on yeah thank you
3: i enjoyed being on n- more than i did watching the movie
2: <laughs> don't worry you're gonna be able to come back on and watch a religious film where matt decides not that he's busy that weekend
4: I'll sit. I'll sit it out. Depending on what the religious film is. What if it has Gary Busey in it? What's the movie? It's a real movie. Oh. <laughs>
2: now it's like, oh no. Oh no. Do I join for the love of Gary Busey or decline for the hate of a religious film?
4: It's the paradox that uh, we'll have to see what we could do with here.
2: <laughs> it truly is the Terminator dark fate of decisions.
4: Yes, exactly.
2: (laughs) All right, Terry, thanks for coming on. (laughs) Matt, let's remind them to be kind.
4: And rewind.